Next up on the Renaissance Man podcast, we have actor and percussionist J. Alphonse Nicholson. Coming up, I talked to J. Alphonse about how he developed his hustler spirit through street drumming and how therapy has given him the tools to become a better version of himself and how Shaq Diesel once actually slid into his DMs to praise his talent. Up next, J. Alphonse Nicholson. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Be sure to make it a priority to share this show with your friends, your coworkers, your siblings, your kids, your partners. Share it with anyone that you know could use some of this. Good old fashioned tofu. This week's theme is always choose love. Father's Day is right around the corner. And we've had so many guests on the Renaissance Man talk about what being a dad means to them. The hilarious Joe Coy once told me his son is his motivation to keep reaching higher in his career. My brother, Jerry Ferrara, said to me the things in his career that he never got from his dad personally or professionally, he now takes pride in trying to do and get from his own kids. As for me, I feel way up. I feel blessed to see my daughters and son growing into people who are giving so much to the world. They're a big part, a major part to what drives me towards excellence. But I recognize, and it's unfortunate, that a lot of people don't have that kind of relationship with their fathers. And that, to be honest with you, can get extremely complicated. I know firsthand, you know why? Because I never met my biological dad. And even though he was also a basketball player, the crazy thing is I actually followed in his footsteps, but I wish I met him in person before he passed from this earth. And the goal was to do it 30 days before we lost him, but I never got the chance to do it. I want to remind everybody out there There are certain relationships that can't be repaired. But if there's a chance to do so, I encourage you, I beg you to take that chance. You know why? Because the goal is always choose love. Someone who talked to me recently about fatherhood is my next guest. J. Alphonse Nicholson started out his career as a street drummer before becoming one of Hollywood's most promising young talent. Coming up, I talked to J. Alphonse about how the LGBT community embraced him in his role as Lil Murder on P. Valley. Which Black-owned suit brands are his go-to and which acting greats are his biggest influences? My next guest 
is an actor who's got right now and next. He's best known for his role as Lil Murder on the star show, P-Valley. And he got his start as a street drum, a talent he shares with fans via social media on occasion. He's acted in such films as Just Mercy and is set to appear on the remake of the classic White Man Can't Jump. The sky is truly the limit for my brother. It is an honor to welcome the talented J. Alphonse Nicholson to the show. What up, family? What's up, family? What up, though? How you doing? Good, good. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a lot going on, a lot of projects happening. Congratulations. You're doing your thing. Man, thank you, brother. I appreciate you being watching you since I was a kid, man. A huge just fan of the Fab Five and everything else that you had in your journey, man. I'm going to tell you, I got so excited. I say, I saw that you followed me on Instagram, right? So I talked <laughs> to my wife. I said, oh, shit. I said, baby, I'm, I might be on this podcast real soon. <laughs> Dude, that's love. That's love. I appreciate that. And no as you mentioned, the Fab Five, unfortunately, when we went to the finals, we lost to two teams, both from Carolina. Hey, hey. Dude, one Carolina. Crazy, man. Crazy. Shout out to North Carolina, man. I, I've never got too caught up in the Duke Carolina thing, but I lived, my brother went to Chapel Hill, so I went to plenty of Chapel Hill football games, and then uh, I lived in, in Chapel Hill for a little bit, and they they actually got me started on my street drumming journey, man. All those kids coming out after them games and tipping me and made, gave me that motivation to move to New York. So I hate y'all took that L, but shout out to the no cat. Doubt. No doubt. So I got to ask you, because you just mentioned it. I was going to ask you about your upbringing in Greensboro, North Carolina, and you just said how you um, transitioned to New York. I wanted to ask you about that. And how did your mom creative background influence you? Oh, man, great question. Shout out to Greensboro, North Carolina, um, you know, home of North Carolina A&T. I went to James B. Dudley High School, all black high school, the neighborhood I grew up in, all black, um, you know. So I just was blessed to kind of be around that and cultivate that energy throughout a majority of my life, even going up to college to North Carolina Central University, which is about an hour away from Greensboro. And my mom, she was great, man. I grew up in the Pentecostal church and um, she, she instilled us in that background. And even once I pulled away from that, she still just made sure that I had all the a lot of the tools that I needed to succeed in life, whether that's just, you know, how to correct etiquette sitting at a table and then how to kind of carry yourself in a conversation, how you keep your hygiene up, all those things. My pops passed away when I was 12. Um, mm -hmm. So she had to take on a lot after that. Kept me in the church playing the drums, made sure I was able to be involved in the high school marching band all those things. And so by the time I got to Central, I had already had all this support when it came to being a, an artist and a, a creative. And so shout out to my mother for that. And then I dropped out of college and I ended up moving to New York um, after having a, a pretty successful, like what's called regional theater, which is like traveling around the country, doing stage plays. And then, uh, yeah, found myself living in Chapel Hill, working at Playmakers Repertory Company for a little bit, started street drumming, realizing I could probably make a living doing that while acting on stage. And so I said the perfect place for me was New York. I moved to New York, started street drumming there, and then the sky was the limit, man. I started hitting stage after stage until I made my way to Broadway. And first Broadway show, we got the Tony Award. And so it was, it was a wonderful experience. Crazy journey, you know, and everybody has their ups and downs. I've definitely had mine. Uh, one of my biggest ups is my son. When I was 20 years old, I had my son. 
And so he's been on that journey with me. And um, yeah, it's just it's a great upbringing from Greensboro all the way to New York. And I, I tell people I'm still kind of coming into my manhood. Um, but New York had a lot to do with that. And, and Greensboro and the, the background of my mother instilled in me definitely had a lot to do with who I am today. For those that don't know, I want to drill down on something. What yeah. is street drumming? Man, so a lot of people call it like bucket boys, right? You'll see bucket boys from New Orleans to Chicago to New York. Everyone has their own style. And so I was super inspired by those gentlemen. Um, some people do it just as a hobby to, to, you know, to have a good time and to make some extra cash. And then people like myself did it for seven years every day to make a living. So that consists of what I like to call found sound, right? So pots and, and buckets, um, pans. Some people use uh, milk crates, all types of things. Um, if you go to you know my Instagram or, or look me up on YouTube, you'll see that I, I kind of use the same setup every time. The pots and pans that I have came out of my mom's kitchen uh, when I left to go to New York. I was like, Ma, I'm going to need to borrow these couple pots, but I promise <laughs> you I'm going to bring them back. I promise you I'm going to repay you. You know, and so till this day, I still got those same pots. The buckets, obviously, they change out because you end up cracking a bucket and after a while they wear out. But um, yeah, man, street drumming. I don't know if people call it street drumming or if that's just something I started calling it. But a lot of people definitely call it, uh, you know, bucket drumming. Um, and then the proper name for it is like busking, right? Street busking. So you have so many different street musicians who do that. But that's how I made a living, man. As long as I can make $100 a day. Um, that was that was what I did every day for a long time. That's dope. A hustler. Yeah, man. Hustler spirit, truly. I have to also ask, what actors were on your radar early on? And when did you realize, along with street drumming, as you coined it, that you can make acting as a career? Man, um, so the acting part actually came before. I've always been a drummer. Right. Um, from growing up in church and playing in the marching band, I was on the drum line. But then I, I realized I wanted to be an actor when I was 18. I went to college thinking I was going to be a music major. Um, you know, and so a great woman by the name of Karen Deacons Brock saw me in the hallway and said, hey, you got a great personality. I saw you talking to this young lady. I think you should come audition for this play. So I got the acting bug then. <laughs> and um, had always been a fan of the usual suspects. Right. Will Smith, Denzel. Um, actually one of my favorite actors growing up was Robin Williams, RP to the late Robin Williams, man. I was just a huge fan of Peter Pan and Mrs. Doubtfire, all those things. Um, and then Meryl Streep, Viola Davis. Um, at, at this point in my career, uh, I would say Nicole Bahari. Um, uh, I'm a huge fan of. So all these actors I had kind of been watching, not knowing I was really studying, just loving their movies. And um, eventually I said, hey, Will Smith, I think, kind of took the crown for me as far as his vulnerability. And that's the path I feel like I've been following from six degrees of separation to now. I did six degrees of separation on stage. Uh, I saw how vulnerable Will Smith had to be for that role. And so I said, OK, cool, I, I can do all the stage stuff here in North Carolina. But then there's a pinnacle. Um, and then I, I had to go to these other places like New York. And now I'm in L.A. But um, yeah, on that journey, man, I think Will Smith definitely has kind of been my biggest inspiration, I would say. Now, like I said, it varies how many artists I like and who I watch. But my journey, I, I like to um, kind of compare it to like, yeah, I want to be able to reach that point of vulnerability. Obviously, winning an Oscar, we all know how crazy that night was. It is what it is. But 
he he made it there. So that was kind of my biggest inspiration. I think when I first started acting and then the street drumming, just ha- I knew it could be a way of uh, supporting that living, right? Um, it's something I love to do. It, some great opportunities came for street drumming. I ended up composing a show over at the Lincoln Center Education Department. Um, I ended up playing with so many dope bands and, and musicians. Found myself street drumming with Erica Badu one day when she was in New York doing her thing, you know. Um, and so it just a lot of opportunities came from it. But it was one of those things where I was flexible and I could I could have my own schedule. I can go out on my own time, hit for two hours, make sure I get to rehearsal, come back after rehearsal, hit late at night. New York never sleeps. And so street drumming just became that kind of basket for me to continue to put all my eggs. And as long as I had some type of foundation, I can put the, sh- the shows in there. And then eventually the TV came and changed my life. So you're about to be in the epic remake of White Men Can't Jump. That's a classic. Yeah. By the way, my brother, what can we expect from that film? I think you can expect a lot of what you what we received from the first one, which is a lot of fun, a lot of comedy, some drama in there as well, uh, some epic basketball tournaments. Uh, and the great thing about what we've done with White Men Can't Jump is that it's not like a complete uh, re- similar rendition as the first one. We kind of have our own takeover, and then you have some moments that remind you uh, of the Wesley and, and Woody version. And so I've just been blessed to come in and play this incredible character. Man, he's the antagonist, as I like to say, and he's just starting some stuff. I would say my character can compare to uh, what's my good brother, the, the basketball player. Hey, I'm going to go to my car, and I'm going to get my gun, and I'm going to oh, kill everybody. Pop the trunk. Pop the trunk. <laughs> and so my character is kind of that, and you see a little bit more of him throughout the film. But it's such a fun, family-friendly movie. The soundtrack is fire. Shout-out to Kyle Maddock, who also did House Party. And um, shout-out to 20th Century, Hulu, Disney, who all made this happen, man. So I'm just glad to be a, pr- a part of it. But I can't wait for you all to see it. And like I said, man, Jack Harlow, for this to be his first movie, hilarious 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 and he got actually ball a little bit too i didn't realize how tall he was until i met him so yeah, man, I had a lot of fun well you're crazy talented and versatile an intricate part of little murder story and congratulations on that amazing role on p valley is the pressure of actually being a black man in a setting that is not always accepting of that vulnerability mm-hmm. how did you personally navigate this in your own life Oh man, great question, brother. Um, so knowing the type of artist I wanted to be, the first thought was just I have to be able to show range, you know. Um, the second immediate thought I felt like was who is this gonna impact and, and how am I gonna be able to leave my mark on playing this role? We all know a little murder, if especially coming from our communities. You all know someone who has to hide who they really are whether it's because that's just who they've been their entire lives, whether they went from the, you know, prison pipeline and having to come out of that and coming out and finding out, hey, I'm in love with with men. So whatever the case may be, I knew that I knew who this gentleman was and that I could um, do justice with the role, even though I wasn't part of the community, even though I was a heterosexual man. And so having many discussions with my family, many discussions with my fiance now wife and saying, hey, this is going to be a heavy burden to carry, a heavy load to carry, but I feel like it's going to pay off in all types of ways, whether that's my career, going through the roof monetarily, being able to provide for my family. So, so many questions went into it, but I think the most important was what type of artist do you want to be? You know, Do you want to really be able to push the envelope, have an impact on the culture, 
And um, yeah, stepping to those foot. And one of the interviews that inspired me was Will Smith saying, hey, I did six degrees of separation, but I didn't kiss that guy because I didn't, you know, and he, he regretted it. He said, I wish I would have felt, you know, went all the way through with the craft. And so it's one of those things where as tough as this character has been for me, uh, it's come with so many highs. And I think the highs Im- immediately kind of uh, dismiss the lows, not necessarily dismiss them, but they make them feel a lot better. That's for sure. And so whether that's people having something negative to say or people just being confused or wondering how I'm going to have this conversation with my son 10 years from now when he's able to watch this show, um, I've always knew that it was going to have a positive impact showing this type of vulnerability. And so in my personal life, it just allows me to realize that, hey, you're a true ally this way. You're changing lives in this way. It allows me to check myself at times and, and make sure I'm not judging someone too quickly or I'm not judging a book by its cover and understanding that love is love. And um, so it's taught me so many different things and I'm glad it's been able to uh, put me in this position where I'm sitting here talking to Jalen Rose. It's crazy. No doubt. And, and I admire you, my brother, because you and I both know, in particular from our community, that level of vulnerability that you needed to show to get into that character and you referenced Will Smith as well, that's something that sometimes people can't separate the two. And for you to be able to do that really showed not only your range, but how the sky's the limit for what you're trying to get accomplished in your career. Can you acknowledge also the impacts of those from the LGBTQ community and how they've embraced you and or acknowledged how you've played that role? Crazy amount of love, dude. I mean, it's it, the love that I have for the LGBTQ community and the people within that Everyone in between, you know, that's in that community has been from the beginning, man. I remember growing up in that school, we have a couple brothers where it's like, yeah, they they may like uh, someone else or they may have a different preference in the bedroom, but you don't want to f- with them. You don't want to rock with them when it comes to these, right? And so we, we used to have some homies It's like, hey, look, you don't want to go rock with him. That's not what you want to do. So it's always been a brotherly love. Um, you know, the F word was slanged around for fun. We didn't even really call people that it was we call each other that and then eventually we realized like I, I, we, we can't do that and yeah. so for me it's kind of just been a not a crazy like shocking amount of like oh this is a crazy amount of love what the case may be but it's like oh okay I always knew that this community was cool I always knew that and so it's been an overwhelming amount of love for sure but at the same time I feel like it's um something that I'm not just not used to um to a certain extent it's just like where I grew up Everyone was accepted for who they were going to church. You, whether it was the choir director or someone seen in the choir, it may have been some snickers here and there, but most of the time people love these people. That's your cousin. That's your brother. And so I'm grateful that um, I'm able to shine light on people that I've been loving my entire life, whether you're my cousin, my brother, my sister um, in between. And so I'm grateful for the combined kind of uh, allyship on both sides, right? The LGBT able to reach out to the heterosexuals and say, hey, we love this show. If you tripping, you tripping. And um, not to categorize people or anything, but it's like the haters go be where they go be. And everyone else is going to be showing love and positive, no matter what community you're in. And you continue to spread your wings. And see, you're, you're a crazy inspiration because you've navigated a lot personally and professionally. Co-parenting at a young age, hustling, trying to make it happen while keeping your head in the game. How did you stay focused on your goals 
where and then now even when there's so many voices pulling you in different directions? Mm, great question. Um, I, I focus on my goals by by staying within my realm, right? Keeping keeping my boundaries very very tight, family oriented. Um, knowing who is your family, who is so uh, making a difference between associates and family, right? Learning mm-hmm. from from past mistakes, and and understanding at a young age that if I want to accomplish what it is that I, I want to accomplish, I can't continue to go down certain paths. And right. so my focus became kind of like a tunnel vision. I know some people have their own opinions on tunnel vision, but tunnel vision for me has allowed me to focus on just being a provider, not only for myself and, and my son. Um, but providing a, a, a kind of like a certain type of peace for myself and those around me. And so whether that's going to therapy, whether that's, um, you know, making sure I'm staying away from certain people, I was just focused on what my goal was. And so my goal has always been 500 M's doing something, yeah. right? 500 M's doing something. And I found out that storytelling is a, is a path that can get you there if you really want to stay dedicated to it. And so Good friends, man. My best friends have been in my life since I was 14 years old. Haven't really switched who that group of friends were. LeBron James is uh, a blueprint for me as well. Seeing how you can have the Maverick Carters and the Rich Pauls and everybody's doing their thing, but we all here for one common goal. Um, Black wife meant a lot to me. Um, yeah. You know, my mom being who she was. So having a Black woman in my life who can seriously ground you and move you forward. I always had that. And then fortunate enough to have that in my life daily when it comes to my wife, right? So a good woman. And um, yeah, man, just, just that peace and understanding, not allowing religion or the, the you know, politics or anything pull you away from who you are, staying true to who you, who you truly want to be and keeping your focus there. That's kind of what got me here. And I'm glad you brought up therapy because you know, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives. And sometimes there's a stigma that we have as black men about our toughness and about having to be um, just, you know, bulletproof in a lot of, a lot of ways as we navigate the turbulence that happens in life. So can you acknowledge like what therapy has meant for you? Man, so much. So much. I just got done with my, I just did another around ra- like a session uh, over these past five weeks. And I just got done with my last session last Monday. From couples therapy was the first form of therapy that I had. I would mm-hmm. say the barbershop is always like not your first unprofessional, <laughs> you know, that type of thing, having somebody to talk to, but then really going and seeking a professional to help you with certain things. And so couples therapy was a wonderful experience. And then my wife encouraged me to do individual therapy and it, just changed me completely uh, as far as my perspective and as far as the tools and resources that I now have available that you don't even think about, that people can't just teach you or, you know, where where people are not just going to give those things to you. So you have to seek out that information. Breathing and believing is a saying that I use all the time um, that I'm just now starting to understand myself, right? Not just on stage, on that Broadway stage, filling yourself up with air and breathing, but in conversations where you're having a hard time in your daily life where you're having a hard time, um, taking a chance to just breathe in, breathe out. Um, you know, one of the things I really focused on was being reflective and in conversations, being aware, but also remembering how you affected somebody at some point in one time, right? Those things have really come in handy with me, especially with my relationship with my children and with my wife. And 
understanding how it affects my my daily, you know, being on set and being at work, you know, your demeanor and how you control your temper, how how patient you are with certain situations, how you communicate, how well you listen. Therapy helps with all of those things and gives you an opportunity to kind of sort it out for yourself. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's very useful for black men, especially, but any, everyone should go to therapy. Couples, I encourage you all to go to therapy um, before you get married. You know, don't just jump in there and then do it, but couples therapy, but individual therapy really helps you sort out any type of trauma, thoughts that you may be having that you need help with. And I must say, as somebody that just like appreciates black love so very much, like I, I know and I sense and feel like the encouragement, the love and the strength you get from your from your queen. So I just got to shout that out. I love that so very much. It's honorable to me. And I know you want to take her to get something to eat. But before we get out of here, <laughs> a segment called Gone in 60 Seconds before we get wifey mad at you. You ready to do this? Let's get it. All right. As you climb the ladder of success, and I know it's great to get love along the way. Which artist do you admire that recently acknowledged you and showed you love and made you feel validated by your great work? Shirley Ralph. Mm. Shirley Ralph from Moesha, from Dreamgirls, recently saw me and I told him I gave me an, an overwhelming amount of love and it went viral. My wife had posted it, I ended up posting it. And so shout out to Shirley Ralph, who is a GOAT in her own right. And uh, congratulations to her. Dope story too. My wife just mentioned it. Kill O'Neal, <laughs> Shaq hit me in the DM one day with a video sitting on the couch, and uh, he's like, "Hey, acting your ass off, ain't you, boy? Doing <laughs> <laughs> your thing on P Valley, man. Love you. Never met Shaq. Never had a conversation. The fact that he sent me a video, told me he loved me, that he loved P Valley. That that was pretty dope. No doubt, Diesel. That's my guy. And Shirley Ralph has actually been on the show. So oh, love for her too. And yeah. you bought your fashion, my brother. I see you out there being cleaner than the board of health <laughs> off screen. So I got to ask you, because we always have that picture, whether it's in our phone, whether it's one we print out where you like, this is my fly outfit. So I got to ask you, what's the flyest outfit you feel like you've worn? Ooh, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Shop, you know what? The flyest suit that I've worn recently was made by a black man. Um, the suit that I wore on the carpet for the NAACP Image Awards it has to be one of the cleanest suits that I've ever worn. That good brother's name is Von Teese, the designer. When you open the coat, a lot of people didn't see this. He had all these pictures of me and my son and my family, street drawing pictures, all these dope fits, man. So shout out to Von Teese, the designer. I think he's working with Shannon Sharp now. Shannon Sharp just got him a little opportunity to do something. So shout out to that good brother. No doubt. Shout out to all the black designers. I make sure I represent for them as well. I'm going to make sure I get a suit from them just because oh, you yeah. brought them up. No doubt. Hey, man. That's hard. I'm going to DM you. I'm going to send you his information, uh, man. He's a good done. brother. Yeah. Done. I'm going to make sure I wear it during this year's NBA finals to represent because I always try to put on for the black designers. Rich, fresh, all of them. Talk about the alley-oop, right? I love throw, basketball reference. I always tell people I throw people alley-oops, right? That's what I do. I throw the alley-oop. It's up to you to do what you're going to do with it, but I'm going to put it in position. Speaking of alley-oops, shout out to White Man Can't Jump, May 19th, coming out on Hulu. I can't wait for the eye to see that, too. I don't play basketball in that one, but I don't know if you know this, Jalen. I play Chris Paul in this new series called Sterling Affairs coming out on FX. 
Uh, tell me more about that. That was my last question. I was going to ask you about your future projects. Tell me what you got cooking. You stay busy. White Man Can't Jump coming out on Hulu. I got a great little cameo in there. You see me pop in, pop out with Sinqua Walls and, and uh, your, your guy, um, Jack Harlow, first movie. Incredible. I had the opportunity to see it last night. Shout out to both of them. Great job. Then after that, we um we got um they clone Tyrone coming out on Netflix with me and my guy Jamie Foxx and Giant Boega. Prayers up for my guy Jamie. I hope he's doing well and recovering. And then uh, yeah, Sterling Affairs with with the great Lawrence Fishburne, who, had, who plays Doc Rivers. Can't wait for you all to see him as Doc Rivers. And then I had a pl- chance to play my good North Carolina brother Chris Paul. And uh, I did my thing, man. I, I let my stunt double do a whole bunch of it, but I was doing I was doing a lot of it myself. And so I had a great time doing that. And then obviously P-Valley season three coming down later on, on the slate. Well, you're doing your thing, my brother. I just want to send you all love and blessings. Hopefully we get up and break bread and toss up some of your strain in the hey. near future. No question about it. I want to make sure I represent and again, I know you got to go and do your thing, but I just want to say thank you for joining the show and continue success, my brother. Brother, thank you so much, man. Continue to be who you are, brother. You're a legend. You inspire us every day. One of my, th- I'm going to give you flowers real quick, man. The thing that I'm inspired most by you, Jalen, is just your, how authentic you are, brother. The swag is effortless. The style is always there, but it's, that's you. That's no kind of like performative type thing. You know, it's just always just been silent. I, I aspire to be that. I aspire to be breaded up. Don't take care of my people, but at the same time, just be myself and approachable, man. So thank you for for showing that light and being an easy light to follow when it comes to that, brother. No doubt. Love is love. And we got something in common that you said that really inspired me. What's that? That 500 million number, too. I tell that to myself. I pray that to myself. And Mm. say that number, Mm. let us know that we working on it and we going to get there, my brother. Yeah, dog. Yeah, brother. Hey, I can't wait, man. Hey, keep me posted, man. Can't wait to see this on the page. And uh, thank you to everybody behind the camera, too, who made this happen. I appreciate you. Blessings on blessings. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank J. Alphonse Nicholson for stopping by the podcast. One thing that stuck out to me about J. Alphonse is how he has the courage to go to therapy and speak out about it as well. As a black community, as human beings, as men, we need to embrace healing. We need to be open to things like therapy because it's the first step towards breaking generational traumas and elevating ourselves. I'm proud to know so many strong black men like J.L. Fonts who are brave enough, and trust me, Charlemagne the God talked to me about this all of the time, and he's being a guest on this show, to be vulnerable. So I ask you this, how are you healing yourself? Are you doing the work through therapy? Are you making time for yourself and the things that bring you happiness, the things that bring you joy? Remember, What drains your spirit drains your body. What fuels your spirit fuels your body. Keep feeding your spirit. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.